Welcome to our Saturday simulcast, November 5th edition, following Purdue's 24-3 loss to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, we'll discuss that, and I don't know how much more we'll discuss, but I want to thank, thank the Union Club Hotel uh, for its uh, sponsorship, Boiler Up Bar. Tom and I had a, before this football game, we analyzed it to death. I don't know if we were right about anything, but uh, it was fun to do that uh, last Thursday night. Also a reminder for those of you uh, in our sphere, uh, goldenblack.com has switched networks to the On3 network. We're very excited about that. You can become a member for a dollar for a year. Just make sure you type into goldenblack.com. You can get to uh, sign up there for us. If you are a former subscriber, you've got to re resubscribe or, or re-register. So make sure you do that. We've had to, but it's only a dollar. Remember, but it's only a dollar, one U.S. dollar, which is about what this college football game is from a Purdue perspective was worth today. Uh, but our analysis is worth a lot more. Of that, of course, Tom and Brian's great work, uh, uh, well worth that dollar, as we keep reminding folks. But we are appreciative of all the many. And I say thousands because we've had several thousands already moved over. So we appreciate them as well. All right, Tom, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I don't know what where to start in this one. This should be a, an eight-minute uh, podcast just because it was just such a thud football game for Purdue. Purdue uh, did exactly what uh, we talked that it couldn't do. It got behind um didn't take a chance uh, didn't didn't take advantage of anything early on in a very blustery day in Ross Age Stadium and fell 24 to 3 to Iowa in a game that um just was nothing there's not much that was really good about it yeah if you want to i guess you want to be uh somebody who searches for excuses you can a talk about the weather right yeah the wind was obviously uh just uh super blustery and um, so that obviously affected offenses. Jeff Brom talked about that in the post game, and uh, and then also I guess the other thing is Iowa's got a pretty good defense, right? And we, we knew that coming. <laughs> in. This is a very good defense. Probably was going to be the best defense produced so all year. And then you factor in, and Brian pointed this out too earlier this week about the turnover issue for Purdue. Yeah. How they've been living on the edge. We're winning in spite of turnovers there in October. Remember up in Minnesota and at Maryland. And um, they lived uh, to come out the other side with a W. That trend has now reversed, obviously, the turnovers at Wisconsin. They lost turnovers today. They lost. So that, that's been a big issue. And, guys, the offense, again, credit to the Iowa defense. We know it's good, but the offense just never got on track. Sort of a little chess match in the first quarter there, and then you know Iowa got the ball late in the first quarter. The the, the time expired. They flipped ends, and Iowa was going into the win and took them two plays to score a touchdown. And on off and away, Iowa went and Purdue's offense never got on track. I'm looking at the uh, the yards by quarter here, and Purdue was equally inept in all four quarters. Guys, 90 yards in the first quarter, 63 in the second, 55 in the third, 47 in the fourth. So balance, you know. Head <laughs> balance. Aiden O'Connell, this is two games in a row, guys. And uh, Brian had some good observations in the press box and maybe some of Aiden's issues he can talk about. But yeah, just a disappointing loss. It is just one loss, produced five and four overall, three and three in the Big Ten. Um, I guess the right, I'm, I'm not one of these big, uh, you know, mathematician guys, but I guess Purdue's still alive for the Big Ten West title. The odds have to be extremely long. But um, again, one loss, and you got to get ready to go to Illinois next week, right? 
Yeah, I my dad used to tell me, yeah, because I would come up with numbers like that. Yeah, they absolutely are still alive. I mean, they, they, what would have to happen? I'll say it. It's silly. Obviously, Purdue would have to win out. Illinois would have to lose to Michigan. And now Wisconsin and Iowa uh, obviously hold the tiebreaker over Purdue. Wisconsin, if Wisconsin beats Iowa, Wisconsin would have to lose to either Minnesota or Nebraska. So there My head go. already hurts. Yeah, and and it's it's silliness uh, because the biggest reason why Purdue's not looking at a big time West Championship is they're not playing anywhere close oh. to a team that's uh, deserving that. One thing, and, I, and Brian, I know you're going to have some comments. It was interesting around the Big Ten today. C.J. Stroud th- ran for more yards than he threw for. There's weather all around. Everybody had tr- problems throwing the football today. I think Minnesota with a backup quarterback. Though I don't know if it was windy in Nebraska. He throws for under 100 yards. They they still win the game. But, uh, you know, it just was uh, Aiden O'Connell wasn't uh, in, in Purdue's receiving core inability to get, get open. I don't know what it was. Brian, you give us some clarity, my friend. Well, you know, the wind was what it was. You knew what yeah. was you knew what was coming. It, it, it was it was uh, interesting that Iowa, you know, has a <laughs> has a, a bad passing game all year long. They've had a bad passing game. That they're a bad offensive team. They're a bad passing team, especially their pass protection has been awful. Uh, well, they um, they started humming in the passing game as soon as they started going in the wind in the second quarter. It was amazing. Uh, so they had it figured out. Uh, but no, I, I think part of the issue here was the reason Purdue's had so much success with Iowa over the years is they've been able to really hit Iowa's defense where it hurts. They make you make those outside shoulder kind of deep throws, and Purdue's had guys who make that play uh that one year when anthony mongu just randomly turned into megatron yeah um and then and then david bell for the last couple of years you know that they, they've been able to hit that play and they've been able to make that throw today you know i don't know if purdue's got that guy as good as charlie jones has been he's not that sort of big target down the field with the ability to high high point that ball I, I think that maybe that's where the win came in a little bit but Purdue was trying to make the throw I think where they that they've beaten Iowa with to, to like TJ Sheffield and it, it just wasn't it just wasn't clicking um mm-hmm. but the bigger issue here is you walked right into Iowa's spider web uh it, you can't you can't turn the ball over and I can go back and audit all of Aiden O'Connell's interceptions this year. And yeah, there were some that, you know, probably could have been caught or at least gotten a hand on or whatever. But uh, I think this is a season where, you know, last year, I think you had talent around Aiden O'Connell that could make Aiden O'Connell look good more so than he would otherwise. I think this year the script flipped. I think with the turnover at wide receiver and just at the skill positions in general, this had to be a season where Aiden O'Connell, as a 60-year player, made the people around him look better than they were. And I, I just don't know if that's necessarily happening on a consistent basis. Uh, the turnovers you know, have been the story of the last two games. Not the only story, but a significant story. But the turnovers weren't new. The turnovers were happening when Purdue was winning, too. So were the big plays on defense. And you know, sometimes we confuse winning and improving. Sometimes they can be mutually exclusive from one another. And when Purdue was winning, you know, the 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 path to winning wasn't always showing the improvement you needed to, you know, not only compete in the Big Ten West, but show you belong as a contender in the Big Ten West. Because 
Purdue was getting away with stuff at Maryland and Minnesota that often spelled defeat in games like that. And then to a lesser extent, Nebraska too, they gave up a lot of big plays in that game. I can't remember what the turnover count was in that game, but it all came to bear against Wisconsin and Iowa. You start playing those steel trap teams that prey on your mistakes and you're still making mistakes, you know, five games into your big 10 schedule or however many it's been. You kind of got what you were asking for here in the last two games. And uh, that's where Purdue just, you know, you don't want to say they got to get better here when you're two thirds of the way through the season, but they do have to get better. Yeah, they do have to get better. They're they're not going to, you know, I still think they can, they're going to beat, they can beat Northwestern and Indiana and, but they're going to have to play a lot better next week to to stay in that game against Illinois. One would think though, again, Illinois, not a team that uh, is going to run away from folks. Yeah, I thought Aiden O'Connell. Um, uh, I, I mean, and these are the things you can't, you know, uh, you know, not having Brock Thompson, not having Milton Wright. I, he didn't have Milton Wright all year. He might not have had. Who knows, guys? And you guys know more than I do that he might not have had Charlie Jones had Milton Wright still been healthy. I mean, I don't know if that's they were mutually exclusive situations. But my point is, you know, you target Charlie Jones nineteen times today. Yeah, and uh, that's your. Yeah. That's your only option. The only other guy you targeted four times you've seen. I think they targeted him four times. Payne Durham was had the one catch, but uh, you know your biggest plays forty one yards, uh, which was fine. Okay, but uh, you're not getting any any as as we've talked before about Jeff Brom over the years. It's been chunk plays, you know, big plays at times where you could get bunches of yards. And and, and Tom, you're exactly right. I give Iowa credit; they're good defensively. But uh, Purdue's been able to get some chunk plays against Iowa over the years. And they just uh, not enough today to even even sniff being competitive in this one. Yeah, well, no David Bell. Yeah, yeah. No, no David Bell. Bill. Yeah, this is crazy, guys. You know, you talked about Charlie Jones, Allen, nineteen targets, eleven catches, one hundred four yards. Only two other wide receivers caught passes today. Deion Burks caught one pass for zero yards. Yassine caught one pass for four yards. Think about that. Only two other receivers. Durham caught the two passes, and you had the running backs involved. Unbelievable. Jeff Brown talked about the lack of playmakers here. And, again, some of this was due to Iowa's defense. I don't want to make them sound like they're the 85 Bears, but it is a good defense. And Purdue just needs more guys. It's it's not a big shock. We knew there was were going to be issues with guys who could get separation in the pass game on the perimeter of this offense. We know who's missing from this offense. you got to make do with what you've got. And, and – Purdue was sorely lacking today, and I thought maybe they should have leaned on Devin Mockaby a little bit more. Uh, <clears throat> they brought up in the post game when Purdue got what was it first and goal to two, I think. Right now, down That's seventeen to three. Right, you have to give Mockaby a chance there. Yeah, I mean he he didn't he didn't carry the ball one time. Jeff Brom talked. He said that was that was on him. One of the plays, the fade to Sheffield in the corner, was a run pass option. I guess Aiden Sheck to the pass, but still, man. I'm taking my chances, giving the ball to Devin Mockaby three times to give me two yards, even at the goal line. So, yeah, I mean, Mockaby had a solid game. What, 14 carries, 65 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. I'm not saying he's, you know, uh, Barry Sanders, but at that point, you really needed a touchdown. Three points almost felt like a defeat. Oh, yeah, definitely did. Uh, you know, it was 17 to three, and then guys coming out of halftime. Oh. Second play of the second half. 75-yard run. We were talking as we were headed to the post-game press conference. Somebody mentioned that felt like game over right there, didn't it? Um, just a real kick in the gut. And I didn't realize I, I really, that was, those were the only points in the second half for either team. 
Yeah, and that's just the way Iowa likes it. Exactly. <laughs> Build a big lead and then just eat the ball. Sit on, yeah, yeah. eat the clock. And... Boil the game down to about six minutes of actual football in the second half. And, <laughs> Boy, and that's what it was. Have... I mean, okay. Iowa didn't have – Iowa didn't, don't, did they even have – but they had four, five, three and outs after that after that run. I mean, I, it was pretty astounding what they did. Brian, you were about to say something else. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to mention the skill position stuff on offense. I don't want to belittle that. I, I, I think that – you know, for as as up and down as Purdue's been offensively, I think that matters. I think, you know, when we talk about how Charlie Jones gets all the targets, all the catches, well, uh, it just seems like everything around him other than Payne Durham is in flux. I think the Garrett Miller loss was a big loss. The Milton yeah, Wright loss, loss was a huge loss. I think yeah. Milton Wright was lined up to be their, their alpha this year from a wide receiver perspective. Huge loss. But – Along those lines, it's just that there's just guys coming and going left and right. It's Abdul Rahman Yassin plays one week, doesn't play the next week. Brock Thompson's been out all year. It's been kind of like a constant day-to-day thing with him. Uh, Andrew Sawinski all of a sudden is yeah, well, in the know. rotation and you're throwing to him at the goal line. Um, you know, Mershon, yeah, Mershon Rice, Rice opens the season, looks great. Yeah. And then Sheffield, don't Burks. hear anything from him again. And um, they are limited – uh, in terms of of their their players, they don't have a David Bell on this team. If they do, it's Charlie Jones, and he's already. They don't have what Milton Wright was last year to David Bell. They don't have what David Bell was to Rondell Moore. When well, I shouldn't say that Rondell Moore was hurt when David Bell was a freshman, but they don't have that other guy to balance out the field necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you you tried to get help in the portal. Where did Elijah Canyon go? You know, he <laughs> plays in know. the first game or two, and then he's just – he pulls a hamstring or whatever it was, and he's just gone. Um, you just haven't had a whole lot of consistency there in terms of who you're targeting, who you're relying on, who you're mm-hmm. running stuff for. And that's hard on an offense. That's hard on a quarterback. You have very few reps with this quarterback throwing to these guys in the first place. And then when you look out there every week and it's somebody different other than Charlie Jones, that's kind of a hard thing to deal with. There's just not been a lot of continuity on this offense. The running back situation, you know, thank heavens for Devin Mockaby. He has been a godsend for them because, again, it's different people every week, you know. Um, But they just haven't had a whole lot of continuity offensively, but I also don't think – I think the standard's been so high for Aiden O'Connell that it that's kind of the fundamental unfairness of that position. Uh, but I also don't think he's having the sort of season that you know he wanted to have when he came back as Purdue needed him to have, you mm. know, to have a chance this year. You know, uh, and and interestingly, was it uh, Charlie Jones leads the nation in contested catches? That's because every pass he gets is contested. I mean, he's, yeah, you almost, know, give yeah. give him credit because he's done a great job and and uh, continues to make plays. He made almost made another circus catch today, uh, kind of like he did in the loss at Wisconsin. But um, yeah, that uh, to me is the thing. Uh, and uh, and uh, guys, you you guys are standing next to Brom and and um, and maybe see a little bit more of it than I do, but. Body language is funny. And, and again, maybe it's just a function of Iowa takes you completely out of this game. It's a windy, nasty day. And, and all of a sudden you don't look like you're all that interested in playing. I think that's maybe overstated, but the one thing I think about the guy like Devin Mockaby, uh, that again, maybe easy to state, you know, that's where you got to get him to get, he, he seems to fire you up a little bit and give you, and give you a situation where if he scores in that, then at least it's a 17, seven game. And, you you feel good about something, 
And I just, I, that to me is where this team's going to have to find that. I, I know that's a little bit of rah-rah here, but you're going to have to find something to hold on to here in the last three weeks uh, yeah. to get yourself to the finish line in, in a positive way because, um, and, 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 you know, maybe that's Aiden, maybe it's leadership from an Aiden O'Connell standpoint. I don't know, but it, it's got to be that because it's going to be tough sledding next week because you're going to be at best in another another uh, fist fight there, even if you're playing well, uh, because they're going to they're going to come after you. And, and they, yes, the last two games of the year at Northwestern, but Northwestern must have shown some fight today in a rainstorm up in, in Evanston, uh, at least a little bit. I was watching that game kind of the side of my side of the during the Purdue game because Purdue game wasn't all that compelling <laughs> in the second half. But yeah, so that that's kind of where I look at it. Is you got to you're going to have to find something to hang on to to finish the season and try to get to. You still can get to eight wins here, uh, or at least seven. Uh, maybe that's not what you wanted a couple of weeks ago, but it might get you get you somewhere, at least a little bit better bowl game. Yeah, the defense needed to make something happen too, yeah. man. You guys, uh, a turnover. Iowa to Iowa's credit, they never made a big mistake, did they? Yeah, O'Connell. I think hearing Jeff Brom in the post game, he sounded like he put the interceptions on Aiden O'Connell. Said he threw the first ball too quickly really didn't give the guy uh Tyrone Tracy a chance to get downfield and uh and again on Dylan Downing the pass intended for him um thought he threw it too high yeah so uh and that was a killer one too remember they were in Iowa territory I believe when when that interception took place uh the second one so who maybe would have scored there who knows but again Iowa never made that big mistake did it it did not beat itself, and that was something Brom talked about going into the game. And it's something, guys, we've seen Iowa play for years. We know that's something they typically never do. They're not going to beat themselves. And uh, but again, on Purdue's play, again, like I was, I pointed out, they 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 didn't make anything happen defensively either. Um, so this this team needed a spark from somewhere today, and it really got a lift from nobody. I'm like you, Alan. Maybe Mockaby could have been that guy if he, if he'd have featured him a little bit more. Let him do his thing. I really thought guys Payne Durham was going to have to be a big fact because the other day he wasn't. Meanwhile, Iowa's tight end Sam Laporta was a big factor. Huge in a couple so of I think that, that was something else we, that has to be brought up as well. Um, Payne wasn't overly targeted a lot, but still, maybe they were blanketing Payne Durham really well. I don't know, but um, he certainly was not a factor. I thought he needed to be if pretty wanted to win. Yeah, I, I think, too, that uh... – Spencer Petrus, uh, for a while, looked like Johnny Unitas back there to some extent, just kind of standing back there and doing it. I, I, and I know they had 392 yards in total offense, which seems like 600 for them. Uh, but, uh, again, they made the plays when they had to. And, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, certainly uh, a 200-yard rushing game, the fir- first guy to do that. The only other guy not named Jonathan Taylor to run for 200 yards against Purdue uh, in the Jeff Brom era. So that really? – uh, Really, uh, yes, it was the third best performance. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had two of them in one in 17. Of course, the big game in 2018 and that overtime game as well. Sure. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that's the way it is. All right, Brian, give us something, some clarity. Where do we go from here? What's uh, what's next for Purdue? You get, you know, Purdue, I have to admit, over the Brahm era, there's been times you just completely count them out. And exactly. something changes next week. Uh, and again, we don't know the result of the Illinois Michigan State game yet, uh, as we are doing this recording. But uh, what's next? You know, Jeff Brom's a competitive guy, uh, takes losing hard. Um, what do you think? What do you see coming? 
Well, I thought it was interesting that he said that everybody has to understand that we're not as good as we think we are. And the first thing that ran through my mind was, well, what happened at Wisconsin to make everybody think that (laughs) you're as as good as you think you are. And then there was a bye week and, and, uh, um, but no Purdue. I mean, the thing about inconsistency is that there are ups with the downs. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's easy to say because the stuff that's happening, just turnovers and tackling, seem like simple, fundamental, basic football things that are easily cleaned up. But also, there comes the point in time in a season where you are what you are. And uh, I, 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 I don't think any outcome would surprise me at Illinois because I'm still personally, I'm still suspending disbelief on Illinois. Uh, uh, they are now behind 16 to 7, by the way, as of this recording. <laughs> so they are down uh, nine points. Michigan State just scored. So in the third quarter, with about, uh, and I'm with you on that, Brian. I, well, just I mean, don't... they're just, you know, I, I don't know. If... There's a very distinct smoke and mirrors kind of feeling coming from them. Um, mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people probably would have said the same thing about like Purdue in 1997, and that was pretty yeah. sustainable but uh i you know i just don't they're not doing with offense they're doing with defense you know stuff like that i'm, I'm not taking anything away from them i'm just saying that um i don't know we'll see if the second half of the season looks like the first half of the season for them this is still a team that lost indiana you know um this is still a team that would seem to have some vulnerabilities to people who can throw the ball against people who can throw the ball uh but you know, Purdue just has to stop stop beating Purdue. They got to stop throwing picks. They got to stop giving up big plays when they shouldn't be giving up big plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that that all seems relatively fixable. Also, something that could just be bad one week and then good the next week. You never know. But you would love to not be in that position where you're this crapshoot every week in terms of what you're getting. But I, I, I don't don't have any reason to think Purdue can't win at Illinois and they're better than Northwestern and they're better than Indiana. So I don't have any reason to think that, you know, Purdue can't, can't finish the season pretty strong here. Yeah. It's funny though. The truest statement is maybe they're not as good as we think they are, but they're not as bad either. And uh, see old Gene, Gene Cady's saying, you know, it's a, or, or maybe it's the Brian Newbert saying, I don't well, know. It, it is. You're, never, you're never as good as you think you are. And you're never, it's never as bad as it seems either. I mean, it's I also it's about true. matchups too. And I, I think, yeah. you know, for as well as Purdue matched up with Iowa offense, offense versus defense the last couple of years, I, I thought that, um, I thought today Iowa just did a good job of letting Purdue beat itself. And if you just don't beat yourself, yeah. you're, you're, uh, you're probably going to be okay here the rest of the way. All right, last word, Tom. Anything else you want to bring to the bring to the fray here? No, like I, I guess you know, if, if I'm the coach, you you don't want to dwell on this for too long. And um, Purdue is is still five and four. You have a lot to build on, and um, yeah, you don't want this game to beat yourself twice. Hmm. Now you've lost two games in a row, right? You still wonder what your mental state is as a team. You need some success at this point. You really got nothing to lose if you're Purdue, right? You're playing with house money, going to Illinois. Probably going to be an underdog, even if the Illini do lose. And maybe, maybe if there's if there ever was any pressure, that that, that that's certainly dissipated at this point. Just just have fun and let it rip, because I think Brian pointed 
pointed out just moments ago, I think at this point you probably are who you are. And uh, I think we do all agree, like Brian said, too, that Illinois, while you do respect their record, probably isn't really as good as it is. So I guess my point being these last three games, um, it's not exactly a murderer's rope who's going to have a puncher's chance to win them all. And you still would like to think that six-year senior quarterback is finally going to get back on track at some point here and uh, and, and maybe ha- help you finish this season on, on an uptick here. Maybe go eight and four at the least, right, except probably seven and five, which I think back on August, if you said Purdue's going to go seven and five, I think we all would have said, yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, I yeah. mean – if you go seven and five after losing, you know, two NFL draft picks and not having your best receiver slated to come back and having running backs constantly injured all year and having wide receivers coming and going, all that stuff, you know, we keep talking about this in the context of them winning the Big Ten West. When at the start of the season, if you sat here and you said, is this season a success if you don't win the Big Ten West? I don't think any of us would have said no. Uh, I mean, there's no shame in winning seven games at a place where uh you know you you are very different from the nine win team you were last year uh mm-hmm. i think that that is probably something we ought to we ought to make mention of here at the end of this scorched earth <laughs> conversation yeah first all right we'll stop with that and i think it's a, all excellent points all right guys thanks so much we want to thank all of you for uh, uh getting through the scorched earth podcast and zoomcast we always enjoy bringing it to you even in a in a game that wasn't all that uh, exciting, to say the least, today. We'll be back next week uh, uh, after the Illinois game. Don't know the game time yet, at least as of this recording. We'll know that uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. And we want to thank the Union Club Hotel, too, for its sponsorship of that. And a reminder, for just $1, you can become a member of uh, goldenblack.com, now part of the On3 network. We're thrilled to be over there and uh, have got off to a very good start from that standpoint. appreciate uh, all the folks that have already made the transition there. So have a great week, everybody. And uh, the wind will stop blowing someday. It's going to be a high of 37 next week, Tom. Dino, you're going to have to bring your galoshes to champagne. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like high of 37 for the game next week. So uh, maybe it won't be windy, though. But we'll see. So all right, have a great week, everybody. Thanks so much for watching and listening. And we'll see you next week on our Saturday simulcast.